City are the champions of England. Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of TCK's Premier League podcast with me, Sebastian Noren. Alongside me, virtually, mm-hmm. is Elliot Niblock. We're polyless today. Polyless, without our Questel. Yes. So, Stella, she's filling in. She's in her stroll right <laughs> now. I'm uh, rocking her back and forth, trying to get her fall back asleep. We'll see how it yeah, works. Yeah, just like we usually rock Polly back and forth to get him to stop shouting about how much he hates Mourinho. Exactly. It's the same <laughs> principle. Just rock him back and forth. Eventually, they'll fall asleep. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll go through what happened here on match day 10. Got a lot of things to talk about here. I know Elliot is in... A joyous mood after Arsenal beat Sunderland 4-1. to So let's start off with that game. That was the early game on Saturday. Uh, two goals by Alexis Sanchez and two goals by Olivier Giroud. Yeah, it's so great to see Giroud back and, you know, in form. I mean, and he pretty much got on the score sheet immediately. Uh, and his second goal, the kind of like looping header into the top corner was also just a great and classic Olivier Giroud goal. Uh, I mean, and this was a game that was also especially satisfying just because, you know, the penalty decision that went Sunderland's way for the equalizer was maybe a little dodgy, but to see Arsenal kind of mount the response that they did in the second half was, you know, exactly. And, you know, I've said this before on this show, but this is the kind of game that I feel an Arsene Wenger Arsenal has dropped in the past, you know, two or three years ago. And we've seen them, you know, just not put games to bed that they really should. And this one, they, you know, yeah, okay, they got a bit of rough luck that equalized. They didn't get down. They instead got back up and just dominated. And, you know, the better team won the game. Yeah, I mean, it helps that Sunderland is in absolutely (laughs) appalling form, too. Yes, Um, it does. Yeah, Jermaine Defoe, I mean, we were talking about him you know, last episode, and I'm like, nah, he's not going to score, but he got a well, pen- spot kick. Yeah, so, he scored yeah. from the penalty spot, so meh, whatever, it doesn't really count. I mean, it does count, but not really, not really. Yeah. So, yeah, good good win for us. They stay level with City and Liverpool on points. They're at the top of the table. They're two goals behind City in goal differential. So, um, man, it's getting it's getting crowded up there now. Oh, yeah, boy, it's been crowded up there. Yeah. I mean, you got three points separating the first team from the fifth team. And they're all looking pretty good. I mean, I know Spurs, they faltered a little, but Kane should be back here soon. He might even yep. uh, get on the pitch against Bayer Leverkusen in the Champions League. Although, if I were Tottenham, I would have probably just save him for the game against yeah. Arsenal. Well, I, I, I think that depending on the game goes, he might get a... You know, a 15-minute, 10-minute trot out towards the end, which will be a glorified training session, yeah. right? I mean, you yeah, that, that's one thing. Simulates the intensity of a game, so that's true. A little five-minute prancing around—that's fine. Yeah, and it also, uh, much as it hurts me to say things that reflect well on Spurs, but uh, you know, yeah, they're sitting in fifth and they drop points against Leicester, but they're also you know, the only undefeated team in the Premier League. So yeah, but once again, they're drawing too many games. Oh yeah, they're. I mean, yeah, they're they have five draws. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's was part of the problem last season, last season too. So uh, we'll see if they can get uh, better luck here going forward. Came back. Uh, Sunderland, though. I mean, David Moyes. How much do you feel like he's the right man for Sunderland? Is he like should they just stick with him no matter what? Like, oh, we're uh, doomed already, uh, but. Oh, I mean, that's see, it's funny because I thought what I thought you were going to ask me is when you said how you say how much longer do we think he's going to have a job? Yeah, because I I, uh, I mean, we'll see if they're, you know, we're we're past match day 10 is in the rearview mirror and they're mm-hmm. still a winless team. Yeah, I mean, I think that. Yeah, hell, like Swansea are in front of him at the table and they've already changed managers. Uh, I think that Moyes has a big enough name that he's sticking around longer than maybe a few other people would, um, even though obviously his time at Old Trafford wasn't exactly the most sterling of... Uh, <laughs> no, it was horrible. Uh, Just call yeah. it what it is. It was horrible. <laughs> and his record in Spain wasn't that great either. And I don't, I don't feel like you can... 
really blame it on oh language barrier blah 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 you got a translator i mean you yeah. can still get your point across as far as how you want the team to you know line up and all that stuff but um yeah i'm not sure that he's the right guy for Sunderland, really um yeah it, i could have seen it being one thing if he came in late during the season sort of like what rafa benitez did at newcastle oh you still go down but you're you're going down fighting and now newcastle are doing great things in the championship so that could I could have seen that scenario with Moyes, but seeing seeing him stay on for this whole season and then trying to rebuild this team in the championship, mm, I don't know. So here's here's what's going to happen: is that David Moyes Sunderland is going to still be windless in December, and then it will no longer be David Moyes Sunderland, and then they will rehire Big Sam Ooh. to have his triumphant return to the Stadium of Light wow. for the Boxing Day fixtures. Yeah, I don't even think Big Sam could rescue Sunderland at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's... But he just he just does have some mystique about him. It's just like, yeah, you're never gonna... You're never gonna be challenging for the league. And yeah, maybe you also take bribes, but... <sighs> You are so good at avoiding the drop, my yeah. God. Well, I mean, the thing is, too, the Moist is already looking towards the January transfer window. And honestly, it doesn't really matter who they... I mean, if you're looking at realistic targets for Sunderland, I don't feel like it doesn't really matter who they brought, bring in. It's not going to help enough. Yeah, well, on and, the one hand... And do you really want to go to Sunderland right now? No, of course not. Of course not. I mean, if I they're mean... sitting with without a win at the end of December or maybe one win. I mean, you're still looking at it like, you know, it's a 90% chance that you're going to get relegated. Yeah. I mean, it's the, and I think that's the key Seb, is that the only kind of players they're realistically going to be able to attract are the caliber of player who thinks I may never get a chance to play in the premier league otherwise. So I might as well take, a four-month cameo with a team that's doomed to relegation, and and then hope another team comes in. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and that's that's not exactly the championship caliber of player that you want to be no. signing. Hey, maybe they can sign Chesk Fabregas on loan. Oh my god, that uh, uh, boy! <laughs> that uh, you know that would that is a move that like actually. You would have so sense. much. You would you've but, such Schadenfreude from you there. Yeah. So and I you know what the thing is though that as far as former Arsenal midfielders playing for rivals in the Premier League go, I actually have a lot of respect for Cesc Fabregas. Like I I I like him. Unlike some other players whose first names start Samir and last names start I can't say it on the radio. Mm. Oh, God, I hate him. He's, he's not I, even in the league anymore. Yeah, exactly. I I just I think that I think that Fabregas has had kind of a tragic progression in an otherwise extremely promising career. But at the same time, you know, whatever he assisted a World Cup winning goal, so <laughs> it's not like he's languishing in the third division in Spain or something. No, but I mean. If you look at it, you can draw some comparison between Fabregas and Rooney. There were two players that came in really young. They have a lot of mileage on them. And Fabregas had some injuries too. So, And clearly not in favor with Conte and the way that Chelsea's playing right now. So a lone move would make sense. Yeah, yeah, it totally would. I mean, it's... And he's he's a player that could help a lot of clubs. And oh, yeah, I think absolutely. That, I think that Sunderland, I mean, Sunderland, I'm sure, would love to have him. But uh, my guess is that he'll he'll go to a team with a little, little both better form and higher pedigree. Yeah, I would say it would even surprise me if he went to another Premier League side. It would surprise you? Yeah, it would. Do, do you just because you don't think that Chelsea are going to choose to loan him within the Premier League or because he thinks that he wants to go elsewhere. No, I think that they want to loan him to a different country, like yeah. maybe Syria A or yeah. something like that. Syria A stood out to me, you know, as a potential location. I mean, especially if he can find a club with Champions League football that would take him and I you know, my I, I think that he I, I I bet that Juventus could find a place for him. Yeah. Um 
I mean, and, you see Juventus, you see Napoli, you see Roma, uh, yeah. Inter, if he wants to go to that dumpster fire. Yeah, uh, no. They just fired their <laughs> coach again. Uh, they've had eight coaches since Mourinho left oh in my 2010. God. That might be the most impressive thing on Mourinho's CV since then. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's I don't know what they're doing there. It's, it's sad because... Yeah. It was a great, great team there. Okay, let's stick to England and move on. Manchester United got a scoreless draw against Burnley despite having 37 attempts, 11 on goal. Um, This was so hard to watch. They created a bunch of chances. They played pretty well but could just not score. Slatan missed a couple of really good opportunities. And yes, he hasn't. You know, gotten the service really that he I think that he needs in order to succeed. But at the same time, when he gets a couple of those chances, they gotta be in the back of the net. Yeah. So it's uh yeah. Jose Mourinho got sent off by Mark Clattenburg, who was being Mark Clattenburg. Uh. And uh Under Herrera got sent off after slipping. Uh it was such a bad. He, he picked yeah, up two yellow cards. Of errors. Yeah, he picked comedy up two two yellow cards. Second one, he basically just slipped, and then Clattenburg sends him off. It was, it was hard to watch, but yeah, another tough results for Manchester United. We've spoken last episode about how we don't believe Jose Mourinho should be the manager of the team. I still don't think he should. Oh, he and, and he's getting uh, he's getting fined for you know cursing at an official in the tunnel at halftime too. Did you see that? Yeah, he's getting charged by the FA. Uh, we'll see. I don't know if they rendered any decision because I think he has until November 4th to uh, reply yeah, they, the charge. That's right. And he's already being investigated for the things he said before the game against Liverpool. Oh my gosh. He so. is. I, you know, one of, uh, it's a phrase that I always love. And I think that it is maybe, you know, too strong for Manchester United at the moment. But the, what you used to describe Inter Milan is a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. He is, he's, I mean, he's not a dumpster fire, but he's like a smoldering trash bin. Oh, at yeah. This point. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I mean, just look at the caliber of, managers we have in the league right now and even look at some of the ones that are outside i mean i wouldn't mind seeing lauren blog coming in i think he did a good job with psg mm-hmm. yes they didn't go all the way in the champions league but you know that's because they came up against some really tough teams so uh lauren blonde definitely a name uh i almost wish they would have hired carl ancelotti before he went yeah. to Bayern munich yeah, no, he's he is a manager who i also have a lot of respect for and i think that if he was at a club that was not owned and operated by the capricious oil guru and maybe order of assassinations Abramovich, then he might still have a job there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, not good for United. But Burnley, they got an away point. Uh, that's really all they could hope for in this one. Yeah, so, I mean, good on them, really. Tom, yeah, he- Tom yeah. Heaton had such a good game. I mean, former United Academy player, he was phenomenal in it, and he made a marvelous save on a sister kick by Ibrahimovic from yeah. pretty close range too. He's... And that's, I mean, and that's the thing is that that save in particular stands out to me because it's the kind of moment that you know, if the keeper doesn't cover himself in glory, which I think we can say he did, mm-hmm. then we're talking about, oh my gosh, Zlatan, he's still doing it. It's oh, yeah. incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that would have been a marvelous goal, but he didn't yeah. just came up big there. Almost broke his arm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, struggles continue for United, and we'll see what kind of patience Edward Ward and the board has for Mourinho. But like I've said before, I think it's going to take maybe two straight seasons without getting into the Champions League before they actually get their thumb out of their butts and fire him. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about. I mean, that, I, I hope. I hope the leash is really short. I really do. Yeah. But at the same time, they're getting a bad rep, firing well, firing yeah. managers right and left. Yeah, which is fair. I mean, I was saying earlier that I it I find it frustrating how capricious it seems that a lot of you know because you're given you're given a few months to manage in the like in the Premier League and then suddenly you're gone and you don't get a transfer window. You know, I felt that. 
Roy Hodgson was hard done by in that sense, but at the same time, it's just it's not it's not just that they aren't playing well. It's that they're playing a frustrating brand of football a lot of the time, and also that Mourinho is making headlines for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Mm, so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Middlesbrough, they took a 2 nothing win over Bournemouth. So, uh, first home win for uh, Middlesbrough this season. And, I mean, good on them. Gaston Ramirez, very nice goal on a counterattack there to open up the scoring. Um, and then Stuart Downing got the second goal in that one. He's still around. <laughs> he's, he's still around. Yeah, he's still around. Making uh, was he, Wasn't he supposed to be in a new David Beckham? <laughs> was he? Uh... How so. many new David De- Beckhams have there been? I've uh, been a few. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, one thing, though, is that stands out to me is that earlier on, there was a, a set piece that um, Bro had to kind of head off the line, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I, you know, Bournemouth had their chances in this game. And I think that, again, if I'm not wrong, I think they also hit the crossbar sh- shortly after that. I, it was... It was closer than the scoreline suggests, but, you know, good on Burrow taking a 2-0 win at home, um, carrying that momentum from frustrating Arsenal on into match day 10. Yeah, so they're in 15th place right now, 10 points in 10 games. So, I mean, they're pretty much on pace to be able to stay up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're in they're in good shape for that. Yeah. Um, Tottenham, they, they got a 1-1 draw with Leicester. Uh, both teams may be having one eye on the Champions League. Vincent Johnson scored on the penalty spot right before halftime. His first league goal for the club. And then Abdel Musa tied things up early in the second. So, uh, I mean, it's a pretty fair result, I believe. I think, yeah. that, you know, Tottenham, they continue to struggle a bit without Kane, which we've spoken about before. Uh, Leicester, you know, finding some goals here that are not from the boot of Riyad Mahrez or Jamie Vardy. And do we, so, because Musa appeared injured after that, but he's not, his, his, he's fine, right? Because he looked like he was injured after that goal. But I'm, I'm really excited about this player. And I, you know, I was hoping, I was hoping that he would, kind of break into the Premier League a little more quickly, but it seems like, okay, maybe now he's finally really arrived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, he is definitely a player that's shown some quality. Um, well, know. and also, you know, Ranieri was talking about him um, in the post-match press conference about how he's, um, you know, he, like, needed to get up to speed both you know in terms of literal speed and also kind of put on like a little more strength into his frame um in order to like really be at the pace that the premier league demands but uh Rainier was saying that he's improved in training and that he's you know now starting to kind of click in this league and you know I, i'd really like to see him kick on at leicester because he's a player who i've kind of been waiting to really break into the scene um, of international football for a while and is now maybe finally going to do it but he's he's also a player who kind of had a lot of uh, you know a lot of false starts and false dawns in his career um, well I mean and they have the added luxury too that it's pretty versatile so they can either play him out on oh, the yeah. wing or as a striker so yeah exactly and I I'm also curious to see if and how he can thrive as a striker at Leicester and he but he just seems you know with with the pace that he has he just seems such a natural fit for their style of counter-attacking football oh yeah absolutely uh Spurs uh another draw I mean if you look back at their fixtures here in the league they got the draw against Leicester and they had a uh, draw against Bournemouth they had a draw against West Brom and then prior to that, they had the two nothing victory to Manchester City. So definitely too too many draws, way too many yeah. draws. Uh, they take on Bayer Leverkusen uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, in the Champions League. Uh, a game they, I mean, it's it's a pretty important game because they're only one point ahead of Leverkusen in the group, mm-hmm. and one point behind Monaco at the top. I mean, that group is still wide open. 
I mean, even Seska Moscow is last. They have two points. But, I mean, you only have three points separating the first from last. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and also, you know, for Spurs being in the Champions League period is a big deal. But, yeah, you know, reading up the table, it's two, three, four, five points. That's yeah. <laughs> it, it. It is totally anyone's group still, even halfway through. Yeah, Leicester, they have the uh, luxury of traveling to Copenhagen, beautiful city, yeah. uh, Danish capital. Um, they they have, have a friend who's there now. They have three straight wins. I mean, they're... They need one point, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that they're. Uh, how do I put this? Their draw was very kind. <laughs> um, you know, take nothing away from them winning their first three Champions League games ever, but right, they're they're in the group with. Bruges, yeah, who Bruges, have uh, scored only one goal in their first three matches. Yeah. And allowed nine. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, Bruges, definitely one of the weaker sides. Copenhagen. Another beautiful city, though. So Yeah, Copenhagen, they're a good team. They're still undefeated in the Danish League, uh, I think 15 games in. Um, and then Porto, you know, they have their moments, too. They... Uh, they have, they have a tendency to sell all, all their best players, though. Yeah. I mean, Portuguese teams are good with that. They bring in young talent, they develop them, and then they sell them off for big bucks. Yeah, I mean, they're the, uh, they are, kind of like, oh boy, I'm, we're going to anger some Portuguese fans by saying this, but they're kind of like, they're not quite the the second league in Spain. They're like. League one point five in Iberia. We'll put it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see there. Leicester should. I mean, they should move on here. Really. Uh, yeah. They can seal the deal with a win here over Copenhagen. Boy, wouldn't that be interesting if they were mathematically the first team to clinch progression? Oh, that would be Champions great. League. That would be so great. I mean, because we've spoken about this before. I don't think they'll be anywhere near. Even the Europa League spots. Uh, so, I mean, this is their time yeah. to just enjoy themselves out in Europe. Yep. Yeah. Watford, they took a one nothing victory over Hull after an own goal by Michael Dawson. And it was funny because you were talking about Michael Dawson prior to this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. It's, yeah. Yeah. I had... I I think that boy it's I just can't I I'm they're not as doomed as Sunderland but they're going to have a hard time staying up. Yeah, they're looking poor. I mean, really and it doesn't help when a Dawson goes in and spurs it up in the 83rd minute. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, with like looking at the table the two teams directly on t- ahead of them are West Ham, who are, you know, even the abysmal form that we've seen from them, they're definitely going to climb out of 17th place this season. And then West Brom, whose bus parking tactics may not have worked this past weekend, but I think they're also a good bet to at least stay up. So um, it's, it's going to be tough for Hull. Then we saw Manchester City snap a six-game winless streak by beating West Brom Albion... West Bromwich, Albion. West, 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 I can't talk. <laughs> Beating the Tony Pulis bus parkers. Yes, exactly. Thank you. It's like last episode. Stauk. Stauk. Yeah, so uh, West Brom. I mean, is that their biggest defeat all season? Could be. Oh, yeah. It's, I feel like it's got to be. Uh, I have to scroll back here, but yep, it is. Yeah, four nothing. I mean that that's strong. Seeing that they are on the road against a team that likes to just muck it up and yeah, yeah. I mean really. I mean they've. Yep. Yeah. I was just looking and yeah, they've never given up more than two goals this season, and now they give up twice as many in one match. So. Mm, Ilkay Gundogan having a nice game, or Gundo Gundogan. 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 Uh, yeah, first he had an assist on the opening goal by Sergio Aguero. Aguero then made it 2-0 before the half. And then Gundogan, 
with two goals in the second half. Yeah, it's, I mean, City are such, they seem like such a schizophrenic team, you know? Like, like the performances that we've seen from them are, yeah, the, they just blew the doors off of a, a side that, as we were just saying, is known for being extremely stout in defending, and then they can also totally fall flat against a Southampton team who's struggling. So it's just, it's it's really hard to know what you're going to get from this side at this point. Uh, but I think that, you know, I think that they face a very real test later today, obviously, as Barcelona come to the Etihad. But I also think that it's a great opportunity for them, you know, because after falling to Man U in the League Cup, which, you know, say what you want about that competition, it's still, it's a derby match, cross-town rivalry, and as Pauly was saying, like, nobody wants to be eliminated from any competition if you, like, really have ambition. And if if City can, I think, even, even take a draw, but especially if they can beat Barcelona this evening, then that is going to do a lot for their confidence moving forward as, okay, like now we are back on track. Yeah, and I, I think they, they got a f- home game against Middlesbrough too before the international break, and I, I think the break could actually be really good for them. Yeah. So to regroup, I know they have a lot of players going out on international duty, but still just be able to regroup a little and uh, get things in order there. Because Guardiola had submitted, like, yeah, I mean, the toughness of the Premier League he said that even the four nothing win over West Brom wasn't an easy game. So yeah, yeah, and I think that, I mean, I think that it's it's a testament to his character that he's willing to say that. Like, oh yeah, I've uh, I've been <laughs> I've not had the um, the intensity of this competition because he's had the luxury of being the biggest fish in other ponds and uh boy this is a tough ecosystem to make it in buddy yeah and it's going to be interesting when we get around the holiday time too with the congested schedule and sort of see how he does there too uh that will be another big test for him but yeah they i mean vital win here really they you know cling on to the first spot in the table and seeing just we were talking about it before too just seeing how close it is between those top five teams, only three points separating them. You can't really f- afford to stumble anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's at, at this point it is, I mean, I don't know if I can remember a premier league season that, you know, on the quarter mark where, which is where, where we are now, right. We're about a quarter of the way mm-hmm. through the, the year. Um, that it was this tight at the top of the table with three teams sitting on the same number of points and only separated by goal differential in first place. And then, you know, one point separating the fourth place team. No, it's, it's, I mean, we've spoken about the parody in this league and it's getting more and more obvious too. So yeah, which is great. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it sucks for us when we were trying to predict stuff cause we look like it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, <laughs> We'll, we'll give you that one. Uh, then the late game on Saturday, that was Liverpool taking on Crystal Palace. A uh, 4-2 victory for Liverpool. Awesome first half in this game, uh, if you're a neutral. I mean, it was just back and forth, back and forth. Um, Emery Khan opened up the scoring in the 16th minute. Two minutes later, James McArthur tied things up. Three minutes after that, uh, Dejan Lovren gave uh, Liverpool a lead again. Then James McArthur scored a second goal. Uh, 33rd minute and then Joel Matip with his first goal for Liverpool right before the break and then Roberto Firmino made it 4-2 in the second half I mean yeah, that first half was so good yeah, really the only bad thing about this game from a neutral point of view is the fact that Liverpool their their kits are like hazmat suits yeah what like, is wrong why why would you be like oh we need to design a new kit here boys So, how do you think about neon? Yeah, it's like, well, we all, you know, commute by bicycle to the training ground and we want to make sure we're not hit by cars. So, yeah, let's wear that. That seems great. Okay, no team should have neon. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it it really is. It's just like, it was almost surreal, you know, to see 
how bright those uniforms are. Um, and it's funny too because ironically it's actually harder to read the numbers on the back of the jerseys because the <laughs> material is so bright around them yeah i mean it's like the uh i know we're switching sports here but i know the or the 49ers they had a i want to say it was a black jersey with black print oh god or gray, or gray print or whatever, but it was you could not read any yeah. of those. All the referees are like holding yeah. some dude on the offense. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I feel bad for the commentators too because they're like, I think it's number thirty-eight. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, no neon, please, no neon. Yeah. I beg of you, and but no, the, and no pink. The, the performance that Liverpool put on within those hideous jerseys was anything but hideous itself. So, yeah. I mean, the, the only thing is that they're not great at the back. I mean, that no. that's their Achilles heel. If they can they, if they're able to keep up scoring like they are, then yeah, maybe they can find a way to win the whole thing by winning games like this four two five three. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean, I think that's right though, and if. You know, the very the very first game of this season is, I think, indicative of that, right? The 3-4 victory that they took over Arsenal at the Emirates. And, you know, the, the form that Arsenal are in now, God, that game might end up being 5-3 the other way, right? Yeah. And I, I don't think – I think that they're – as we were just saying, from a neutral point of view, a really, really fun team to watch. But they're probably as frustrating as they are exciting for the dyed-in-the-wool Liverpool supporters because, you know, it was just saying that you don't know what you're going to get with Man City. It's like, well, with Liverpool, you know that they're probably going to ship some goals in at the back, but they might also hit the opposition for four. Yeah. So it's, it's thrilling to watch, but... Also, yeah, it, it, it does give us enough pause to say, uh, okay, is this a championship-caliber team or isn't it? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I would rather... I mean, it would be... I would feel more comfortable in saying that Chelsea would end up above them, just the way that they're looking at the back. Yeah. I mean, because Liverpool have allowed 13 goals this year, which is as many as Watford. Mm-hmm. It's as many as Watford. Yep. Uh, and it's also as many as Burnley. My gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no. that's the thing, though. I'm not impressed with the Carice. I think he's poor in the air. He's not... He almost seems a bit timid, which you can't be in the Premier League as a goalkeeper. Um, and and, and Mignolet is Mignolet. I mean, I'm, he's yeah. never been... Meh. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's really... For me, that is what gives me hope as an Arsenal supporter in terms of, you know, you look at the top three teams that are tied on points at the top of the table and city and Liverpool have huge questions between the sticks at goalkeeper yeah. and Arsenal, you know, check Petr check. You say, yeah, Mignolet is Mignolet. Petr check is Petr check. Yes. And even should he, you know, should he get injured? Ospita is an excellent keeper. Oh, yeah. right? I, I would take Ospina over Claudio Bravo in a heartbeat. Yes, Absolutely. Um, and I mean Chelsea, they're lucky there because they have Courtois, who's really, really yeah. good, and then yeah. Bego- Begovic is really, really good too. So. Yeah. But before we get to Chelsea, we're going to talk about Everton. They took a two nothing win over West Ham, and uh, like always, Romelu Lukaku with one of the goals. Yeah. Apparently, he loves scoring against West Ham. Um, and then we saw Ross Barkley getting a goal too, uh, his first since August. So. Uh, Good for Everton there, and it shows that when they have players like Lukaku and Barkley that can make a difference, and they do, uh, then they're going to win. I mean, yeah. I, I, good game from Everton, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's all around uh, a strong performance from Everton, and you know, the their supporters have to be really pleased with this. And also, I think that the that you know it could have been more right like the west ham keeper made a couple of great saves in this also yes um and i yeah i i think that everton are a team who i was, I was talking to a friend of mine about this on saturday night that you know they're if you have aspirations of being a perennial top 4 challenger they're going to frequently frustrate you but they're 
you know, they're, yeah, they're sitting in sixth place, but mm-hmm. eh, they're only two points off of Tottenham. And given how tight it is at the top, but they've got an outside chance at pushing for fourth place this season. I mean, they should definitely be in the conversation for a uh, European Cup spot. I, I'll give you that much. I think Roman yeah. Koeman is good enough for that. He's going to keep developing this side. But just looking at the gap to the bigger sides in terms of just financial resources. and cause Yes, everybody has money in the Premier League now. But are your owners willing to spend? Yeah. So... Um, yeah, we'll see. But Everton doing a nice job so far. West Ham struggling a little bit. I mean, they did pick up two straight wins in the league here but prior to this loss and a win over Chelsea in the EFL Cup. Same thing there. I mean, their best. I mean, you know, if they finish, what, eighth and or ninth and then they would win the League Cup, I mean, is that not a good season for them? No, that's – I mean, that's a great season for them. Well, I hear the word – Because they don't care about the Europa League anyways. Yeah, I well, I hear the word "great" coming out of my mouth, and it's like, well, no, let's let's not say that. But it's it would be a solid season for them, yeah. and I think that I think that from their point of view, as with as with any team in the Premier League, pretty much who has you know is not one of the what we used to call the quote unquote big four, right? Um, then just like having a solid season as a platform, and as you said, with Kuman developing players. You know, the the more time goes on, then the greater the parity is going to be just because the more financial resources that everyone else who's not those perennial top four finishers will have to compete. And so I think that, yeah, it, like that would be a good result for the season for them. Well, I mean, uh, yes, we used to talk about the big four. I really now it's the big six, I would say, yeah. with United being that six team really yeah i mean they've fallen i know that yes they have boatloads of fans and they rake in the cash and everything but just looking on the on field you know stuff it's not been that good yeah yeah it's uh, it, it has been disappointing i think um i mean right now he's worse than moist Woof. Yeah. That says a lot. Yeah. Okay, then now, Chelsea then. They got a 2 nothing win over Southampton. Another clean sheet. Uh, and I'm going to keep talking about this. That great move by Conte to switch that 3-4-3 formation. Four yeah. straight wins, four kept clean sheets. Yeah, boy. Um, and, you know, the other thing is that we've been talking about this we, we said this about Chelsea last season, too, you know, is that they've got – they have questions in their back line, although, as we were just saying, you know, with Begovic as their backup and Courtois as their number one, they're very strong at goalkeeper. Um, but uh, but they, they, they don't have a lot of depth in terms of defense. And so in many ways, that is a formation that makes a ton of sense for them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just like having – fewer bodies on the field whom you have to rotate in and out of the squad is it, yeah it makes sense and clearly they're thriving in it as you said so yeah and if you look at it too you know i think that they can sort of get by with the guys they have they might want to bring in another central defender in january who knows yeah yeah well i mean i think that that would be that would be a good move but so, I, I think if it doesn't happen during the January transfer window, it will definitely happen during the summer because I think this is probably John Terry's last season with Chelsea. And then yeah. you bring in a replacement for him and you probably add some depth as well. And then you got some young guys coming back and who knows what they can do. Not Miazga. Yeah, Miazga. How's he doing? I have not paid any attention to him. I he I, I That makes two of us, my friend. <laughs> I mean, he's... Um, yeah, I, I have I have no idea what he's doing in the Eredivisie. Um, he's at Vitesse. Yes, is that he's right? at Vitesse. Um, yeah, I I heard he got an assist last month. That's the extent of uh, <laughs> my month. familiarity with his loan move. <laughs> there we go. Last month he got an assist. Uh, let's see here. 
<laughs> Not exactly tearing up the league, then. No, it only looks like he's made five appearances for them. Yeah. Yeah, he's no Christian Pulisic at the moment, that's for sure. No. But I mean, still, I mean, at 21 years old, he's still young for being a central oh, defender yeah. and totally. new to Europe and all that good stuff. So we'll, we'll yeah. hold up hope. Yeah, and I also think that, in as you say, central defense is the key because obviously, you know, Christian Pulisic is three years younger than him. But at the same time, it that is a position where I feel experience is just, you know, it, it's a position that demands experience. Yeah. And it's really hard to be a top quality 21-year-old center back in the way that it's not hard to be, well, I shouldn't say not hard, but, you know, more maybe I should say more common to be a truly top flight 21-year-old attacking midfielder. Yeah. And then last game, Monday game, we saw Stoke take a 3-1 to one win over Swansea City. Stoke! Stout. <laughs> man, oh, man. That all season. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. But yeah, three one. I hit that one right on the head. Uh, thanks to two goals by Wilfred Boney and a known goal by Alfie Mawson. Uh, when Rutledge scored for Swansea, still no win for Bub. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take some time for Swansea, but he should be able to avoid the drop. They are one team that could get some decent players in during January. Um, maybe he needs to look at that back line a little bit. And the thing is, too, that I almost feel like, and they did mention this on TV during the game, too, that Swansea, they're playing too open, really. They're sticking to their guns of playing the Swansea way, but if you're in a bad run of form and you're trying to survive, basically... You need to just shut down things and grind out some one nothing victories. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just not something that they've <laughs> proven that they can do yet. Um, I mean, I think Bradley needs a little more time to settle in, but unfortunately time is not the thing that Swansea has the luxury of sitting five points below, you know, being clear of the drop with West Ham's 10. Um, they're just... In, they're gonna be, they're gonna be in trouble, man. Yeah, no, they they've been a big, big disappointment, and so has West Ham. And I think that, you know, looking at they struggled part of last season too, and then they finally got things together towards the end. But you can't really bank on that happening again. So they they need to start picking up some points, whether it be just be scrappy, you know, away draws or something, and then just manage to edge out wins at home. But he, he he needs to change that system. Like I yeah. I love that Swansea or you know when they play the Swansea way, that's really cool. That's in really enjoyable soccer to watch. But no, I'm losing you, Seb. Hello. 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 <laughs> Hello. Lionel Richie. <laughs> I lost you there for a moment, Robert. but I'm glad that you, Richie, and I are back. Yes, exactly. So. <laughs> I mean, it keeps recording, so I can still we, they can still hear what I say, <laughs> and that's all that matters. Yes, no, absolutely <laughs> not. But uh, yeah, we'll see if they go down playing the Swansea way, or if they change things up and actually manage to stay up. Yeah, I mean, I think that they just they need to create more goals, right? Because they have they've scored what is it nine this season, you know, and they've allowed eighteen. And that's they, – they've scored the – not quite the second fewest, but close to the second fewest. Sunderland have the fewest with seven. Um, and then, you know, Burnley and Hull City are both on eight. And then Middlesbrough and Swansea are both on nine. But they are – they're just they – look, they look totally out of sorts. I think that – I mean, I think that if they can put it together, then they could climb out of the relegation zone. But I wouldn't – I wouldn't put money on that. At no. this point. Nope. Uh, yeah, let's move into the uh, Euro European uh, Cup games here. We spoke about Tottenham and, and uh, Leicester, what they are facing here. Uh, Arsenal, they are uh, going up against uh, Ludogorets Razgrad again. Uh, do you see a similar game like the last one, even though it's uh, on Bulgarian soil? I I think 
this is one that I'm a little nervous about because I think that Wenger is going to rotate the squad very heavily. Yeah, but um, you won 6 nothing in the last game. Yeah. So if you rotate heavily, you should still come out like 2 nothing. That's how my yeah. math works. I don't know. That's probably wrong, but I feel like they have a strong enough squad that they can rotate quite heavily and still pick up a comfortable win here on the road. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I in, in short, I think you're right. Because, because, I mean, this is, this is a game in which we need the squad depth to, you know, we need that to tell. And I do think that we have a deeper squad than we've had in years past. But I also, I just worry that there's, you know, I worry that there's a sense of, a danger of overconfidence. And when you go on the road in Eastern Europe, it's never an easy match, right? It's not going to be a cakewalk. Um, and I think that, I, I think that we'll see, we'll see a lineup without as not quite as much youth as we saw in the league cup last week, but certainly with heavy rotation. Um, I mean, I think that this is a game that, that I'm just I'm just nervous that Ludogorets are going to be able to nick a draw and we're going to drop points on it. But you still think that on paper, even a heavily rotated Arsenal squad, as you said, Seb, should take all three points from this. Yeah. So I forgot to look last time. Okay. So Ludogorets, they have a Canadian goalkeeper. He did not play in the first game against Arsenal. Uh, Milan Borjan, Croatian-born Canadian. Huh. Play, Canadian. Play for the Canadian national team. So we'll see if he gets a ch- chance in here. You know, another incentive to watch. North American mm-hmm. in the Champions League. Yep, uh, elsewhere, I mean, looking at the slate of games on Tuesday, there's a couple of teams that can you know book a place in the next round. Uh, Barcelona being one of them going up against Manchester City. Uh, Bayern Munich has a good shot against PSV Eindhoven. Atletico Madrid yeah. just need to beat Rostov. So uh, there's a couple of nice games to look forward to. Wednesday, we spoke about the Tottenham Bayern Leverkusen match. Um, and yeah, Leicester City's game. So uh, I feel like Tuesday's slate looks a little bit sharper. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, I'm, and I think that it's pretty, it's pretty inarguable that the fixture of today and the fixture of this group stage is Manchester City Barcelona, especially with you know the storyline of Guardiola now at the Etihad, um, and as yeah. you know, as we were talking about earlier, like this is a game, this is a really important game for Man City. Yeah, and we need Messi to score another hat trick so he gets three hat tricks in a row in the Champions League. <laughs> That would be awesome. Like he's not hyped enough, right? Yeah, right. Uh, then Thursday we got some Europa League action. Uh, Manchester United they travel to Istanbul to take on Fenerbahce, and Southampton they take on Inter Milan, and that's uh, at home, St. Mary's. So, yeah, United got a 4-1 win over Fenerbahce last game. Well, I mean, we'll see what kind of lineup he goes with here, Mourinho. But at this point, you know, just get something out of this game. Score a goal. Thank you. That would be nice. Um, A win here would mean that they are at nine points after four games. And they would need, like, a point in the last two games to move on. So... We'll see how they do there. Southampton, they got a one nothing defeat to Inter in the last game. Um, they did dominate that game, but managed to lose somehow anyways. Um, look into their, their group, though. Sparta Prague, they lead six points, and Southampton in second with four, and then Upwell Bercheva from Israel with four points, and then Inter at the bottom with three points. Yeah, boy. Inter Milan, God, they are just out of sorts. Yeah, they've been out of sorts for a while. Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, again, like the maybe the most impressive thing on Mourinho's CV is how terrible they've been since he left, which is damning with faint praise. Yeah. But I mean, they have. Uh, I mean, Mauro Cardi is 
one of the best strikers in Europe. And if it wasn't for him, they would be like in the relegation zone. He has eight goals in eight, uh, eight, yeah, eight league goals in eleven games and two assists. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's you know he's one of the players when asked about my wish list for Arsenal signing a striker who was near the top, and I actually I thought that we might have a chance of actually getting him, but unfortunately that was. Not the case, though. I imagine that he also will be keen to get the hell out of Dodge. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they made him captain. I know he's having some problem with the ultras at Inter, but uh, yeah, it would not be good for them to lose their best goal scorer. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, well I think that's going to wrap things up. Unless you have a final thought. Uh, well, I think that I've pretty much covered most of my final thoughts, but I'll say. Echoing something I said earlier is, you know, if you all out there have a chance of watching the Champions League today, it's going to be great. But Man City, Barcelona, don't miss that game. But do remember, because of the uh, daylight savings, that it's an hour later than it would be otherwise. Because yeah, I've definitely shown up at the bar many times being like, "What's the, why is the game not on? What's going on? Okay, I guess I'm going to hang out here for another hour. Yeah. Well, that's not bad. Then you have ample time to get some beers and some food. <laughs> well, yeah, we do have one early game too, though. Besiktas Napoli. It starts one forty-five. Wait, really? Yes. Why? I have no idea, but I like it. <laughs> that means I can watch two games. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Okay. Until next time. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot is Keats. Was better. Polly is P Quistel W F A N. Uh, harp on him that he wasn't here today and we'll talk to you again later in the week to preview match day 11 until then have a good one Thank you.